Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. Chapter 2, I'm going to be reading 42 and 44. We're in a series, if you don't know, amen, it was a, it was a started off as a two-part series, and now it's going into a mini-series or, or maybe a, a long series, amen, I don't know how many messages, but God's stirring us that, that we need to really focus on the church and getting the structure back on the church, amen, and bringing some things in order in the church as we go forward, as the church is coming back in that we need to establish who we really are and, and the functions of the church and the body of Christ by looking when how the church first started back in the book of Acts. Amen. They have a, God has left a perfect model for us to follow, and we need to go back to that foundation. Amen. If we are to build a church, that the gates of hell will not prevail. Amen. So the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 42 to 44, the word of God goes on to say this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to breaking of bread and to prayer. Come on, so it was to fellowship, to breaking of bread, and prayer. Everyone, somebody say everyone. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers, somebody say all the believers, were together and had everything in common. Every day, somebody say every day. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, and they ate with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Amen. Last week, amen, I had a subtitle to the series, The Church. Where's the church? Remember that last week? So where's the church that waited? The church that obeyed, the church that was devoted, amen, the church of fellowship, the church that experienced the first revival that started this Jesus movement of taking the gospel to all the world and making disciples. There has been other great movements, amen, other great revivals since that day of Pentecost or since that day when the church broke out, amen. The 20th century revivals include the Welch Revival. In 1904, Azusa Street Revival, 1906, amen. Revival broke out in Kentucky in 1970 at Ashbury College. The Jesus Movement of 1971, the Vineyard Revival of 1977. There have been different movements all over the world uh, on different countries during the 20th century. In May of 1995, Pastor Mike Neville and his family moved from Oklahoma to Maywood, California, took the role of pastor of that church that was then called the Rosewood Assembly. A couple years later started the Maywood Revival. That's where we came out of, Praise Chapel, amen. Started our fellowship, amen, and we planted our first church in 1980 in Ontario, California with Pastor Johnny and Patty Doris, and now we have, amen, uh, 
I don't know, over a thousand plus churches all over the world. Come on, somebody. That's us. Amen. Hallelujah. We have had revivals within our fellowship. Amen. As well. The East L.A. revival. Come on, the Kansas City revival, the Paramount revival, amen. Come on, there's been revivals within our revival, amen. What we need today is a Las Vegas revival. Come on, somebody, An, our only revival in the 21st century. And what's coming, I can tell you right now, is an end time revival. In Acts chapter 2, verse 17 to 21, it says this, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Somebody say all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men will see visions and old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. I will cause the wonders in the heavens above and the signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke the sun will become dark and the moon will turn into blood red before the great and glorious day of the lord's arrival but but everyone who calls on the name of the lord will be saved in john chapter 4 24 it says this but a time is coming and indeed it's here now when worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth god the, the father is looking for those who will worship him that way and if you go down to Ephesians 5, 27, it says this, He did this to present to herself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle, with any other blemish. Instead, she will be, called, she will be holy and without fault. God is looking for a church full of power. The question is, the subtitle of my message, where's the power? Where's the power? Where's the power, church? See, each of these revivals that I was speaking about started with a people that were seeking, a people that were hungry and thirsty for God. Anyone hungry in this place? Come on, anyone thirsty for God in this place? Hallelujah. They were seeking in prayer. They were seeking in word. They were seeking in the church. They were devoted, amen, and they lived holy lives, obeyed God, and they waited on God. In these moments, these people were filled, amen, uh, with the Holy Spirit, which empowered them and created this great movement that started to roam all around the earth. It filled their, their hunger, it quenched their thirst, and it empowered them, listen, with boldness. We, if we're going to be that church, then we need Holy Ghost power. Somebody say, I need some Holy Ghost power. Well, we, we really need some Holy Ghost power. We cannot wow people by, by our, the way we minister, amen. If there is no power, there is no Holy Ghost, nothing happens, church. We need some Holy Ghost power. We need to go back to the root of revival, which is prayer. The root of revival is prayer. But the question remains, where is the power in the church today? Instead of the church walking in power, they're walking defeated. Or should I say, in lack of power. Let me ask you a question. Has God lost his power? Come on. My Bible says that he is the same yesterday, 
today and forever. So if he, speaking of God, was powerful back then, and he's powerful today, and he's powerful tomorrow, so where's the power in the church? Malachi chapter 3 verse 6 says this, I am the Lord and I do not change. Where's the power, church? Where's the power that, that, uh, of that great movement back then? Has the church lost its power? Or is it because the church has kicked out the power? Because the Holy Spirit is not invited. Why don't we see the altars really packed out? Why don't we see people either packed out, either getting saved or getting right? Come on. Where's the miracles of today? Where's the wonders of the heavens above today? See, in Acts chapter 2, 42 to 44, it says, They spent their time learning the apostles' teaching. You got, you got to look at this. Sharing, breaking bread, and praying together. And the apostles were doing many miracles, signs, and everyone felt a great respect for God. All the believers were together, and they shared everything. Where, where is the power of miracles and signs today? You see, the reason we're not seeing the miracles of the early church today is because we don't pray like the early church. Listen, a church that prays together stays together. Come on, somebody. If you don't pray, guess what? You won't stay. I said, if you don't pray, you won't stay. Acts chapter 2.42 says that they prayed together. Not just a few. Come on, this is not a few people or the same people. It was everyone. Everyone prayed. Everyone did their part, amen, in joining in prayer and seeking for revival and seeking for God's movement, amen. Everyone was in common. Everybody was in the same mind and the same accord, amen, of seeking for the things, amen. Everyone prayed. They prayed before the Holy Spirit came. In Acts chapter 2, verse 1, it says they were in that upper room, amen, and it says that they were in one mind and one accord, meaning that they were together in that prayer meeting. You see, that church was praying before, and they continued to pray after they were filled. Didn't stop. It was part of their life. It was part of their character. They continued to be in one mind, in one accord. If we want revival, how many want revival in this place? If we want revival, then everyone, say everyone, everyone needs to pray. We need to be praying together. We need to be in one mind and one accord as well. In Acts chapter 2, 43, it goes on to say that they pray together. And because they pray together, amen, there were many, what, miracles and signs. And everyone felt a great respect for God. They had the fear of God. They had a reverence towards God. I have to be honest, there's not a lot of great respect for God today in the world and even in the church. Listen, if you'll never see the miracles of God as long as you live in your convenience. 
I said, you'll never see the miracles of God as long as you live in your convenience. There has to be a level of aggression. There has to be a level of urgency. There has to be a level of desperation in the church today in order to see the miracles and wonders of God. Listen, God has not lost his power. The church has lost its focus. Come on. You can't get people to come to church today. I mean, it was hard back then, even before the pandemic, and now it's even worse to get them to come back. Amen. You call a prayer meeting, and no one shows up. Come on, you, you call a Saturday morning prayer, and no one shows up. Come on, you call for an outreach, and no one shows up. Churches today invite big names into their house, special music, special guests, evangelists, amen, to bring people in. I mean, today, you got to pay, pay people to come. I'll give you 20 bucks if you show up at church. I bet you if I said that, this church will be packed out on Sunday. Amen. Come on. It seems like you got to twist their arm in order to get them. you got to buy them a taco after church just to get them in here. Amen. Hallelujah. But the early church, listen, were on their knees. And the only big name that they came to see was Jesus. It was Jesus, amen. That was all it is, amen. You invite, to, you invite people to church today, and they ask you, well, who are you having? Because the church, the big church down the street is having Derek Carr. And he's telling his testimony. Now, don't get me wrong, church. There's nothing wrong with testimonies of people of how God touched their life. But I go to church to see Jesus. I go to church to see the Father. I come out, do you know what, to get a touch of the Holy Ghost, amen. I'm not here to watch a man or anything else. That's great, amen. God touched them, amen. But I come to see Jesus. The early church, that's all they came. It was about Jesus. There was no big names. There was no celebrities. It was all about God. You see, Christians today have been trained, listen, have not been trained for warfare. They have been trained for entertainment. And if they're not entertained, they're not focused. And if they're not focused, you lose them. You got to understand today, church, that Satan is very organized. When Jesus turned and cast a demon at one time during his ministry, he, was, he asked him, what is your name? Come on, in Mark chapter 5, verse 9, it says this. Jesus demanded, what's your name? And he replied, my name is Legion because there are many of us inside this man. Legion means many, meaning they were, they were organized, meaning that they were together. They marched together. Satan and his demons marched, listen, in unity. In the book of Matthew, it says right here in chapter 12, 23, uh, 22 to 23, it says that and then a demon-possessed man who was blind, could not speak, was brought to Jesus. He healed the man so that he can both speak and see. And the crowd was amazed and asked, could it be that Jesus is the son of David, the Messiah? See, here in the background of all this, there were people that were accusing Jesus of casting out demons by the power of Satan. And Jesus told them, Satan has a kingdom. And Satan's kingdom is not divided. For a house divided will not stand. 
Listen, you can go throughout the Bible, amen, from Genesis to Revelations, and you will never, ever see a demon fighting another demon. You will never see a principality fighting another principality. Listen, it's only in the church, listen, it's only in the church that we see preachers fighting against preachers. Come on, you see brothers fighting against brothers, uh, sisters fighting against sisters, churches fighting against churches. It's because we don't understand order. We don't march in unity. We got to get some order in the house. Can somebody say amen? We need to be organized. We need to get rid of every kind of spirit of division, amen, because discord is the work of the enemy. God is not an author, is not the author of confusion. The devil is. Come on, 1 Corinthians 14, says, God is not a God of confusion, but a God of peace. We need to have order in his house, church. In a courtroom, when things are getting out of order, amen, the judge brings out a hammer and says what? Order in the what? Order in the court, amen. Order in the court, amen. God today is bringing out his hammer and he's saying, order in my house, Order in my house. We need order in the house of God. We need order in this house. Amen. We need order in the houses that we live in. We need to put things back in order. Can somebody say amen? amen. Satan, listen, is coming after your houses. Satan is coming after your children. Come on, he's coming after yours. Amen. And he's bringing a curse of division in order to divide, listen, your family. A spirit is coming after your house. Listen, if Junior wants to do their own thing in your house, somebody say my house, you need to tell him, come on, if you want to stay in this house, you need to get your life together. Come on, somebody. Come on, we got to get some order in our house, church, because you need to tell them you're not going to bring a, a spirit and division in my house, amen. You will not bring a spirit of confusion in this house, amen. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Come on, we're, we're letting, we're letting these, these teenagers, we're letting, we're letting our children get away, amen, and bringing all kinds of stuff into our house, amen. They're bringing division. They're bringing a spirit that's out in the world, into the house, and you're wondering why you're having problems. It's the truth. Come on, you, you, the mom, you, the dad, have to bring order inside your house if you want revival and you want victory. You want your marriage healed, and you want finances straightened out, you want your children to be blessed, you want to be blessed, bring some order in your house. There has to be a stand. We cannot compromise. We cannot change. We cannot say it's okay. No, no. You don't bring anything into this house. There would be no drinking in my house. There will be no smoking in my house. There will be none of that in my house. In this house, we serve the Lord. You're going to do that? You do it outside the house, not inside my house. Can somebody say amen? We need power, church. We need power to live this Christian life. We need Holy Ghost power to be successful. The church needs power, amen. If we are going to be affected in our city, here in Las Vegas, in the cities around us, amen, in our nation, in our world, you and I, what we as a church need is some power. That's why so many people in the church walk with no power today. 
They lack power. The question is, where's the power? There's no power because, listen, there's no unity in the people. There's no unity in the church. Unity, listen, church, brings strength. When we are united, we cannot be divided. Come on, somebody. When we're together, we're stronger together than apart. We need to come together. I tell my leadership, I tell the church, I tell them, you know, each time we meet, we pray back there. We need, this year, it was impressed on me back in January before I got sick, that we need to be in unity and we need to do it in love. Unity in love, just like the early church. And this is before all this hit. And so God impressed that, that we need to be united. We need to be united. And the things that we do, we have to do it in love. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody say amen. Somebody say love. Somebody say unity. Come on, the early church was united. You read the book of Acts. This church was together. This church prayed together. They eat together. They did everything together. They had everything in common. They shared things. People lacked. They shared. Everything was together. Amen. They were united. They were in one mind. In one accord. Amen. They were in agreement in that upper room. Amen. When the, when the power came. When you come together, power is released. When you pray together, power is released, church. Things start to happen. Whenever the church or the people were united, the power always came. Pentecost, the Jericho walls, Paul and Silas in that jail cell, the, the church in the book of Acts chapter 2. Man, all you see is united and power. They came together, power came. Come on, because they were in one mind, in one accord, right? When they marched around those walls of Jericho, when, then they marched together. Didn't God say, be silent for the, this amount of days? Walk around this amount of days once a day, amen? On the, on, the, on the seventh day, you're supposed to march around seven times, amen, and do it in silence. They were in unity. And what happened when they roared? What happened when they shouted? The walls came down. That's power, church. That is what's released in the church when we can come together, united together, praying together, and praying for what we need to do in our church, in our family. We need to come together, amen, if we're going to make impact. If we want revival within our lives and within this church. The book of Acts, chapter 2, 43 to 45, in the Message Bible says this, Everyone around was in awe, and all those wonders and signs done through the apostles. And all the believers lived in wonderful, listen, wonderful harmony. Holding everything in common. That's unity, church. We need to harmonize together. Just like the, the worship team, when the, you know when they're flowing? You ever felt the Holy Spirit when they start to flow up here? Man, the, the Holy Spirit just falls. What happens? Because they're in unity. They're harmonizing together. They're flowing together. The Spirit's flowing. That's what, what happens. There's power release. Man, a couple of weeks ago, we had that holy interruption. Remember that? Come on, did we already forget about that? No, God wants to do more of those interruptions because what he wants to do during that time is wonders and miracles. He wants to heal people in our service during the midst of worship. There, there, there is a spirit of healing 
unity power that's in this place, guys. It's deposited here. We have to activate it. We have to come together. We have to believe together. We have to pray together. When we do this, then signs and wonders will be released in this house. Do we have any believers in this house, amen, that can believe that you can walk into this place, amen, and there's a spirit of unity and love in this place that God can touch you. God can deliver you. God can set you free, amen. Those are the things that God wants to do, amen. As we come together, as a church uh, in perfect unity and love uh, in one mind and one accord when we do that church power is released power is released somebody say power power is released but we have to come together we have to be in unity this church is a perfect example of a model that was set for us by Jesus Christ himself through the Holy Spirit of how the church is supposed to look like. And we have changed it up and we, we have added the man's touch to it, amen. And God says, you don't need to add nothing to what has already been laid out. And I'm not saying that all this is, this is not, I'm not saying this is all bad, but that should not be our focus of the fluff and everything else and big names and stuff like that, you know. How fluffy is your church, amen, you know. You know, we, we, it's about Jesus. Man, they announced Derek Carr and people get filled with the, the house and the next week they're gone. Those people are not there. They're there to see man. And I'm not, I'm not downing Derek Carr. He's a Raider fan. He's a Raider quarterback. I, I like him, amen, but he's not Jesus. Come on. You go there, you fill it up. But there's nothing of a pull. What those people need is a touch from the Holy Ghost. That's what's going to change their life. Come on. And not, not that testimonies are not powerful, but we have to understand what are we running to? Are you here to church because you're here to see Jesus? Or are you here because we have a evangelist Jose and Angela Vargas coming? And that's the only time you come when we have guest speakers or people come. We have to come because we want to see the power of God. And the speakers that God uses, we want to see the power of God work through them to get touched or our lives to be changed. Come on, somebody say amen. I'm going to close tonight. You guys happy still? I'm speaking truth, guys. This is all truth. This is all true. This is where the church needs to be. That model back then was a church that was supposed to be how it was supposed to be. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. That is the model of the church. Not that we can, we can add some things, but we, we, cannot, we, cannot, we cannot substitute what God has already put, laid out. That was the foundation. It has to be built on Jesus Christ. Then he told Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail. If we build it on Jesus, the gates of hell have no power over us. It cannot prevail, church. When we start doing our own thing, then things are going to fall short. If we're trying to get, you know, trying to create a name for ourselves or, or become a big name and all this stuff, you know, that's taken away from God alone, then, then we, we missed it, church. We got to go back that, you know what, we got to draw them to Jesus. He says, if I be lifted up, right? If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. 
be lifted up. What are you talking about? If Jesus be lifted up, he will draw men to them. Jesus is all this world needs. And if we can present Jesus, and he can use your life to present it. Just like a, a Billy Graham. Billy Graham's a great example that he always elevated Jesus. There was nothing of an attention for him, though God gave him glory. And God bring, brought position in this man's life. But he never walked in that. He always lifted up the name of Jesus. And that's where people got saved. At his crusades, people felt the touch of the Holy Spirit. It was not just there to get wild for a moment. It was a touch. A simple gospel. It was a simple gospel that he ministered. And thousands and thousands, millions of people got to know Jesus through his ministry. That's what we need to do. Is to lift up the name of Jesus and let men be drawn to him. Can somebody say amen? See, if we are going to be the church, if we are to be the church with power, then we, say I, we need to be in unity in this place. We need to be a unity in, within our own homes. We need to march together. We need to be one and we need to be organized. Come on, we may not see eye to eye on everything, but we must march together hand in hand in everything. Come on, let's stop dividing ourselves over little matters and let's focus on the big picture. It's not worth losing our salvation or our unity over it. To be the church with power, we need to pray for revival. And this is something I'm going to give you guys here and those online here that are not here today, that are hearing this message, amen. Start to pray every day for revival. Can you do that? I mean, if we can pray every day, add it to your list, amen. God, I pray for revival in our city. I pray for revival in my, in my family. I pray for revival in our marriage. I pray for revival in our finances. I declare that. I speak over us. I, I pray for revival for the city of Las Vegas, amen. Now, come on, we're going to declare your word. We need to pray for revival every single day, and we have to be in unity. If we pray like that, revival will come. But it starts, listen. If we pray for revival, it starts with repentance. The church needs to repent. We need to repent. We need to obey by living righteously, and we need to be in unity. We must come together within ourselves and within the church. And when we do, church, we'll have the power. Remember, a house divided will not stand. A soul divided will not stay. A house divided will not stand. A soul divided will not stay. I'm, I'm here to let you know God will clean house. If you're not in the program, he will remove you. He'll do the removing, church. God's bringing unity in the church. And we must come together if we want God to move, and us to be full of power. How many want to be full of power? How many want to walk around weak, defeated? Every time you go through a trial, you blow it. Every time you get mad, you cuss. Come on, every time you, you lose it, you go drink. That, that's no power, church. Those are trials and storms that we have to go through. But he says, you know what? I'll be with you every step of the way. And that's when the power comes in, amen, that even though I'm weak, I'll be strong. Come on, somebody. 
God, God is that powerful. I'm not going to bail on him because he's not meeting or answering a need right here and right now, or I'm just having a bad day. You know, you, 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 you're nailing something to the wall and you, and you, you hit your finger, amen, and you blame God for it, amen. It's not God's fault. It's your fault. You need some glasses. Come on. Look at the nail, amen. He's, it's not the fault, amen. We, we like to blame God for everything we want. We like to quit the church. We like to leave the church because every one little thing, like, I'm leaving the church. Going to another church. You need power. We got to come united. United church. And we can go strong. Let's be the body of Christ that lifts up other bodies. Let's be a church that lifts up other churches. We're not here to fight. We're not here to divide. We're not here to do anything. We're here to come together in unity. You know, when the devil came and struck, struck us with this virus, it brought division in the church. They were arguing. That's all you heard was arguments. You're closed. You're closed. They, they, you're, sure, you're not wearing masks. All, that, all, all this stuff. And the devil's just laughing at the church fighting against each other. Like I said, you never see a demon fighting against another demon. You never see a principality fighting against. They, they come together. They already know what they need to do. They have unity. We in the church need to be like that. And when we do, we're more powerful than them. Because if God be for us, who can come against us? It only comes when we're united, church. Can somebody say amen? Let's not shine so that others can see you. Shine so that others can see Jesus through you.